0: you're listening to jack barksdale's roots revival so ladies and gentlemen
1: jack barksdale hey everybody my name is jack barksdale welcome to another episode of jack barksdale's roots revival today i'm here with john saskoda or uh jay-z from jay-z and dirty pool and i'm really excited to have you here today i'm really excited i've been uh i've been listening to the album it's awesome yeah i'm really excited to ask you some questions and learn more about it
2: well thanks jack i appreciate you having me it's been uh, a real joy to know you and to finally to be able on the to be on the podcast is is even more of a joy so thank you very much for having me
1: oh yeah definitely thank you so much for being on so i guess i'll just start asking you questions i'll just jump jump right into it um yeah so uh I feel like a good uh, baseline question, like a good first question is always, you know, how did you get into, into music? How did you start?
2: Man, you know, I think, well, I think a lot, of, uh, like a lot of other folks, I think that, you know, my parents, uh, my mom especially, had a huge influence uh, on that. Growing up, you know, I'm from southern Louisiana originally, and so um, there was a lot, always a lot of Cajun and soul music and blues music in my family. And I was real fortunate to have a dad who uh, was very much into old country. So I really kind of had both spectrums that were my influence. But it wasn't until I was maybe um, around seven or eight, I really got interested in the notion of playing an instrument. And so I actually started uh, playing cello. And I started playing cello when I was in third grade. And I played cello from the time I was in third grade till about the time I was in ninth grade so huh. i was in orchestra forever and really fell in love with orchestral arrangements and acoustic mm-hmm. music uh, but in all honesty it really was not until i was about 15 and my brother introduced me to stevie Ray Vaughan, and then the rest was history it was like
0: uh-huh. man
2: i saw that and it just uh everything took off for me i just had to have a guitar
0: and uh, mm-hmm.
2: lo and behold my dad brought me one home one day and you know, like i say the rest is history here i am almost uh Like i don't want to admit it but like 35 years later still doing the same thing
1: Mm -hmm. that's awesome you have a you have a really unique guitar style and it's it's really interesting uh how did you develop that over the years how did that kind of come about into what it is
2: well i think i probably should go back to um, referring to the cello because you know the cello was an instrument that uh, although i had a bow in my hand a lot of times i was Playing very much, you know, open-handed,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so when I played, started playing guitar, um, it just didn't feel right to hold the pick, and mm-hmm. um, it's just progressed from there. I, I guess I just threw it down and really hadn't turned back, and I think that it's been great for me because, you know, like you just said, like a lot of people think it's interesting, but you know, it also can be just as limiting as well. So I've mm-hmm. had to figure out ways to be able to musically, um, you know, play and express the notes the way I want to, not having a pick in my hand, but Mm -hmm. it's been real fun because I'm able to do some other stuff. Like you, I mean, you play open-handed beautifully and, you know, just as well as I do. Thank you. uh, Sometimes five picks are better than one. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's uh, it's pretty good philosophy. There's so many things you can do with, you know, finger picking and, and, uh, you know, All sorts of stuff.
2: I always tell people that when they ask me about how I play or just the guitar in general, Mm -hmm. you know, I always tell them that the left hand makes it sound, but the right hand makes it sound good. So, (laughs) you know, it's a, uh, it's one of those deals where approaching it a little bit differently, I think has really been kind of a blessing in disguise because it's allowed me to kind of carve my own style. uh, I'm pretty proud to say that I've been able to do that. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, that's awesome. And I I'm sure, like uh, like most musicians, you take influence from all different artists from all different genres. You know, kind of all over the place, and because uh, your own style, it's just got so much depth in it. It's got just so you can tell there's just a lot of music in there. Mm. What are some of your like biggest influences, and uh, whether it be for guitar or songwriting or or singing, you know.
2: Oh, man, that's a big question. <laughs> I, I have to, I, I can probably narrow it down for you, though.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Um, you know, a lot of bands have touched me, a lot of musicians have touched me in different ways over uh, my career of learning new things. And each one of those people seem to have uh, given me a little, like, piece of the puzzle that becomes what my playing is or what my style is. hmm I think the people that most directly affected it, though, number one is this guy named Larry McRae from Saginaw, Michigan. Mm
0: -hmm. You
2: know, I started playing early in my life, and uh, a lot like you, whenever I was young, I I got out and started gigging right away, right? Mm -hmm. And long about the time, I was about 17 or 18. School wasn't really my thing, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, I, at least public school was. And I couldn't get away from that old guitar. So um, through some family connections and just through the love of music, I I happened to be introduced to Larry. And um, I think back then he probably saw that, um, you know, I really loved what I was doing and had Mm -hmm. some potential maybe. And he kind of took me under his wing and, uh, you know, showed me some of the ropes when he didn't have to. And Mm -hmm. showed me a lot of things about guitar that, I would have never learned otherwise. The the ability to be able to strike a note and play with power. Mm -hmm. Not everybody plays with power. You know that one guitar player, whoever it is, it can be any because there's a lot of guitar players that can do this. It's not like an individualized skill. But you know when that one guy just hits that note and you can't do anything but turn and look Mm -hmm. and see what's happening. That's what Larry does. Mm -hmm. So I tried to, I tried to, uh, I tried to pick up on that as much as possible in the time that I had with him and. Unfortunately for him, he you know for a little while kind of went away, and recently Joe Bonamassa actually rediscovered him and put a record out for him. And
0: uh, that's awesome. Everybody's
2: starting to yeah, everybody's really starting to discover that. So good for him and uh, good for Joe on on uh, you know giving some old time blues guys who do it right some some you know, time and limelight.
0: Um, yeah, you know definitely. locally though,
2: my biggest influence locally is Buddy Whittington.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: buddy uh, aside from being just the player's player i mean everybody wants to play like buddy whittington
0: that guy Mm
2: -hmm. knows how to play the guitar it -hmm. doesn't matter if it's rock if it's blues he can just do it all and he does it with the sensibility and and phrasing that nobody else does it 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 always Mm -hmm. is very musical always uh lends itself to the song and so Mm -hmm. For those reasons, I've always tried to watch what he does and the licks that he plays because mm-hmm. they're always so musical and so melodic. And it's not just about being fast and it's not just about being flashy. You know, that's not mm-hmm. for me personally. I don't know about you, but my favorite guitar players are the guitar players that evoke some sort of emotion and feeling mm-hmm. in their playing that connects with me a little more foundationally than just a guy that's playing all the fast licks and stuff like you know Mm -hmm. to me those are just tricks but when that one one note is played and it just gets your attention well that's the kind of guitar player I want to be and that's the kind of guitar player both Larry McRae and Buddy Whittington are Mm -hmm. and of course there's a ton of other guitar players that have influenced me I mean everybody from oh David Lindley to um, Lindsay Buckingham being an Mm open-handed player Uh, more local guys like Ian Moore but I'm still Mm -hmm. I'm influenced by a lot of my peers you know I mean Mm
0: -hmm. one of
2: my favorite guitar players of all time and you know I love him because we talked about him before Seth Mm -hmm. James man Mm -hmm. Uh, I watch his playing and and every time I see it there's always a lesson so it doesn't just have to be those old guys sometimes it's the young guys too I think you can always Mm -hmm. find you can always find something to learn from someone Mm
1: -hmm. definitely and I met you at uh, Billy Bob's in uh, Fort Worth. And you, you know, you're always, uh, you've given us tours. Uh, you know, you you're always uh, hook us up. And uh, <laughs> I remember one time uh, you got me into the the VIP meet and greet with Billy Gibbons. Yeah,
0: that was and great I got to, Yeah,
1: I got to meet Billy Gibbons and his band. And I actually had part of that band here on, on this podcast, Matt Sorum
2: yeah matt is awesome matt is awesome
1: he is so cool what are some of kind of the bucket list things that you've gotten to do because of your job at billy bobs
2: oh man that's a great question so for those folks that don't know you know i've spent a majority of my career uh, as a touring musician but um just a few years ago i I decided to step off the road and spend a little more time with my family and play locally uh, kind of invest my my musical aspirations, kind of letting them to be fun again and not just a <laughs> job. And in that process, I took a job at Billy Box. And uh, so I'm the production manager there. I run all the lights and sound, and I work with a lot of the bands. And because of that, I do have those opportunities. And and I think probably the number one that sticks out is The Night with Billy Gibbons. You know, it's crazy because I had the opportunity to spend all day with him. And wow, he never... He, You know, I, I definitely put him in my influence as well. I can't take Billy out of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but going back to your other question, but that night was so crazy because he never did anything, but he was just a normal person the whole day. He mm-hmm. just wanted to have as much fun and just wanted to be as cool as anyone else. And that's what made the whole experience great. You know, the, the willingness to stay out. I mean, man, he was up with us till late in the morning. And then I was the very, very right. You were the very last person he took pictures with. And then <laughs> after that, I was the very last person he saw that night and he took time to pinstripe my Les Paul, which is crazy mm-hmm. because I put that video on YouTube and it's like got almost a million views already. Oh, great? wow. Yeah, that's insane. Really great. So yeah, that one's it. And then, you know, there's been a lot of working with um, really great folks that I would have never been able to work with before. Mm -hmm. Um, Being able to produce shows and work with Willie Nelson Mm -hmm. or uh, Hank Williams Jr. And even some country superstars like Tyler Childers and Mm -hmm. uh, Zach Bryan and Miranda Mm -hmm. Lambert. You know, I probably would have never had those people in my bucket list initially because, you know, they just weren't on my radar. Mm -hmm. But really, to be honest with you, I'm so glad that I I was able to meet and work with all of them because... The the experiences have been so much bigger each and every time. Mm -hmm. Like I said before, there's always something to learn and and grow from. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, you've like you just said, you know, you spent years on the road as you know, as a side man and uh, and as uh, as a front man. You know, what are some of the what's some of the best advice that you've been given or that you like to give, and some of the most important things that you've learned?
2: That's kind of a hard one. Yeah. But I'll 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 try to to get to what I really think is the baseline most important stuff. And really, if I were going to speak to all the guitar players out there, I would just say, play the song. If I were going to speak to all the people out there trying to become musicians and make this their life, uh, I would say, believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you always. There are no limits. There are absolutely no limits. The limits that we have are only up here. Mm -hmm. So anything is possible. But I would say don't take the bottom buck on the bus. It's not very fun. Don't poop on the bus. Mm -hmm. Don't leave your food in the refrigerator for more than a day or two. Uh, Make sure that you always call your mom.
0: And, mm-hmm.
2: uh, you know, check in with your family when you're on the road. Because those are, mm-hmm. things that
0: are important. Yeah. Shows
2: will always be there. Uh-huh. Always, there's always a stage somewhere. But you know, you got to be careful about what's at home.
1: Make sure. Mm-hmm. That as- I feel like that's some that's some pretty good advice. And uh, I also really like to to know about um, you know how you got into songwriting and how. Um, Because, you know, you talked a little bit about how you got into, you know, the musical aspect of it. But how did you get into, you know, the writing part of the music business?
2: Well, I never really fancied myself a a songwriter. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I really always fancied myself a guitar player. Mm -hmm. And that was up until the point I met my good friend Scott Mm -hmm. Copeland. You know, way back, way back in the day, uh, even before there was a Jack Barks tale. <laughs> um, Carrie Wolfe and Scott Copeland uh, used to do a Thursday night thing upstairs at the original theater.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And before they would go on, uh, I would—I had a band called the Merchants, and we would we would host uh, like an open jam for local expiring people. We were still real young; we were still learning how to do it ourselves. But
0: mm-hmm. the
2: jam was more of a place, like most jams are. We just let people come in and kind of feel it out and learn how to do what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But I would always stay and watch Scott and Carrie and, you know, he's probably one of the, Scott is probably one of the best songwriters ever. Mm -hmm. And I used to watch him and listen to what he would say in his songs. And I realized that as much as I thought the music was what was driving people to feel what they were feeling and to experience what they were experiencing while they were hearing music. It kind of just ironically, like a duh moment. And I remember, this is all about the songs. It's all about what they're saying. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: He's so good at crafting songs. And of course, it was one of my first experiences. Actually, after I I stopped playing with the merchants, um, I actually started playing with Scott and got introduced to so many other songwriters guys that you know i would have never known probably otherwise because my my interests really weren't there you know i was a blues kid i'm that kid who wants to play a overdriven fender tube amp and a stratocaster i really wasn't (laughs) i wasn't the guy that was out there listening to townsman Zant or listening to bob dylan
0: Mm -hmm. or
2: listening to uh, even even some beatles deep cuts that i'd never heard before Mm kind of flipped my whole head on everything. So I realized that at some point in time that, you know, that was part of the game. uh, You know, I got into it. And so for me, the the very first step was just trying to mimic exactly what he was doing. And that was just talking about stuff that was personal and deep to me that I felt like people could relate with and Mm -hmm. all the rest is history. Mm
1: -hmm. For the last believe 15 or or more years you've uh, had this band called dirty pool yeah and after you know all these years of playing the band has finally put out their debut album i think you you sent me some some songs from it uh a while ago
2: yeah yeah i was pretty excited i have to admit because yeah you know so dirty pool was so if i rewind for a minute and i go back to that time I was just telling you about whenever I started playing with Scott Copeland and and Mm -hmm. early, like around 2002, 2003, um, Scott actually had a gig and it was Mm -hmm. for a wedding. And unfortunately he wasn't able to make it last minute. And Mm -hmm. so at the time I had kind of a little music shop. Uh, Mm -hmm. in matter of fact, have you ever been, I don't know if you've been over to, Uh, Tiffany and Blake Parrish's place, uh, Honeysuckle Rose on White Settlement Boulevard, but that same spot that they're in now, I used to have a little music story. And so Scott and the guys and I would always practice there. And whenever he wasn't able to make that gig, um, the drummer in the band at the time, Brandon Wallace, and Mm -hmm. then uh, a guy that was working for me who just moved to town from Boston, his name's John Shook. He was a bass player who was teaching some lessons over a place called zoo music and started uh, started teaching lessons at my place too we kind of looked at each other and we were like oh man this is a wedding we got to cover this gig you know because it's a wedding
0: right. mm-hmm.
2: so we we went back in the rehearsal room and we banged out about 30 songs that we all knew and mm-hmm. we went and played the the uh gig and after it we we kind of just decided hey you know like we got a few sets of music, we might as well just pick up some gigs, you know, like be a bar band around town or something. That'd mm-hmm. be kind of fun. Yeah. So we started thinking about all the stuff that, uh, that happens in a bar, like, you know, like people taking shots and, you know, like all like card games and like all the, the classic stuff. And I think it was mm-hmm. John Shook that was like, hey man, people are always in the back. Like there's a pool shark, you know, like playing dirty pool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, perfect going to be a bar band let's call ourselves dirty pool and of course it fit real well because steve Vaughan has a really like uh popular song called dirty pool and that wasn't why we named it that but it just kind of uh-huh. it was kind of like uh you know it was just kind of kismet that it all worked out but
0: mm-hmm. um
2: yeah. so we did that and we've been playing together you know ever since it just kind of never went away and we would play
0: little mm-hmm. bars around town and um, mm-hmm.
2: Over the years, we kind of decided to write some songs, and
0: mm-hmm.
2: last year, I had the opportunity to uh, to get some space over at Grant Wilburn's place at Seventy Thirteen Sound,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: uh, I just thought, man, you know, after all this time, it was just time to put some of these songs down. You know, even if this is the only record we ever make, or mm-hmm. even if nobody ever listens to it, like we just got to get these songs down. So. Mm -hmm. I was really, really, really lucky to have so many great people come in. Uh, The Mm -hmm. guys from Dirty Pool, you know, Brandon Wallace, that same drummer I was telling you about that played Mm with Scott, he's the drummer of Dirty Pool.
0: Mm -hmm. And
2: John Shook Jr., that bass player, he became Mm -hmm. the bass player of Dirty Pool.
0: Uh And
2: then um, Justin Pate, a really good friend of ours, a guy that I've known forever, Mm -hmm. he's the keyboard player. And Justin's super cool. Matter of fact, man, he probably would hate me to say this, but like he's done so many cool things like played with Ringo Starr and Ben oh, Harper wow. and Eddie Better.
0: Yeah, man.
2: So wow. having having those guys as well as all of the other folks that contributed their time, you know, Josh Weathers and his bass player, Paul mm-hmm. Jenkins and Abel Casillas and Burton Lee and all these people. Mm-hmm. And it really made the, the record special, especially, especially having Buddy Whittington that was the cream on top. So yeah, we made the record and, um, you know, so far people seem to really like it. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're just really glad that we were finally able to share that part of the band. And the
0: world.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and now y'all, y'all, uh, are actually playing a show at Billy Bob's.
2: Yeah. Kind of funny, huh? Uh-huh, uh, yeah. I pulled some strings there, didn't I? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I actually didn't. Uh, you know, we had, a being involved with Fort Worth for so long. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. Some of the
2: folks at Billy Bob's are really sweet to me when they came to me and asked if we would do it because they knew that we'd been around forever
0: mm-hmm. and
2: they wanted to give us the opportunity to to be on a platform that, that they felt was deserving. Mm-hmm. I'm really fortunate that they were so endeared to me because I am a part of their team, but that's really not why they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that makes it that much more special. So yeah, mm-hmm. July 8th, Friday, July 8th, Uh, We're going to play there and we're going to just destroy like we're going to go like, bro, seriously, like I am going to play all the notes that night, every Mm -hmm. single one of them. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be fun. And we'll have some fun guests out there like you we would love to have you come out and hang. And then also if you're available and then, you know, like maybe Buddy Whittington and Chris Mm -hmm. Watson and a bunch of other players that are around. We've invited those guys out just because Mm -hmm. they. You know, they contributed to the album and, well, it just makes for mm-hmm.
1: a great album, you know what I mean? Yeah. So one of the really interesting things I found about, about uh, you know, how you're releasing this album is that you made a, a documentary series about the, the making of the album and about the band. How did you come up with that idea and how was it filming that and putting that into, you know, making well, it possible?
2: You know, it's a great question. I... I always have loved making video you know I think we're all creative even though you love playing guitar I'm sure there's other things that you love that are creative and for me video is one of those things I don't know why it's just kind of always been and so since Dirty Pool started really even before I had I had started taking like just little clips of video I would keep I would keep you know uh, my cell phone handy for gigs or you Mm -hmm. know I would bring little cameras around and and try to get as much footage as I can. And I realized before we, we uh, I was actually looking in this large hard drive. I have full of pictures and videos and posters, mm-hmm. and venue advertisements and for all the shows over the years. And I realized that it's all gonna go to waste. I mean, it tells the story of who we are and, and how we all kind of came to be. So with the record coming out, I knew that because we're, you know, face it, Jack, we're not like a lot of the other bands out there.
0: We're not mm-hmm.
2: putting our original music out there in a way that we're, you know, like we're going to tour and one day, like, have greatest hits. That's not our mm-hmm. thing. We just really wanted to make this record because it was a special deal and we felt like the songs were special.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so, um, you know, when all is said and done, um, I'm just really grateful that I had that video kind of tell the story and actually I've only released five parts I'm going through right now and I'm, I'm making the last part of it um, and then I'm going to release it as a full length film.
1: Oh that's awesome.
2: Uh, yeah so that folks can kind of have a you know a clearer picture of what we do and, and really that's what it was all about is really just about celebrating the experience as much as we could celebrating the people that were involved mm-hmm. and the songs and and really just everybody that made it happen, you know, it's, uh, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: everybody's record is special. There's nothing more or less special than this record about anyone else's. But for me,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: it's the only one, dude.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: It's the only one I've ever made. And it might be the only one I'll ever make, hopefully not.
0: Mm -hmm. But
2: in the grand scheme, like I say, the documentary was just a, uh, a way for people to understand why it, it kind of is so special that we did this you know I mm-hmm. can tell, tell that story plus it's just cool to make video bro I love <laughs> the video, so that was cool
1: yeah yeah that's really cool you you touched on this a little bit but i i would like to know y'all kind of been a, a texas band for all these years now that you have this album out are you gonna start uh doing some more touring you know in some different parts of america and uh uh possibly even like uh in a in a different, uh, country?
2: Well, I sure hope, you mm-hmm. know, um, an honest answer is maybe, you
1: know, um, mm-hmm.
2: it's a tricky thing, you know, I've learned a lot releasing this record. And, mm-hmm. uh, the one thing that I, I've learned is that, uh, there's a lot of people that, that release records. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, um, that being said, um, you know, if people like it and people listen to it and they want to mm-hmm. hear us, I think all the guys would be really happy to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, we are though in, in lieu of this record locally we are booking some more shows we've got obviously mm-hmm. this billy bobs um, gig that's coming up which is really special we really hope everybody grabs mm-hmm. a ticket and, and sees us that night that's on july mm-hmm. 8th and then in september we're going to be at um, you know magnolia motor lounge is very close to our hearts to uh, mm-hmm. brian um papa and, and graylin and all, the all of those folks are just so special, and we mm-hmm. played a bunch of games there early, so to be able to get in that room before they relocate and play mm-hmm. one more time is really special. but yeah. I guess really to answer your question is, is if it, if it happens, it happens and and mm-hmm. I think at this point we're just letting the universe do whatever it wants to do, you know, mm-hmm. but I can tell you this, people in Denmark and Holland really like us
1: <laughs> 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 so. that's awesome, what are some of the Now that you have this this album out, uh, what are some of the goals that uh, you kind of have for your future, you know, like uh, uh, maybe like a future album, you know, future projects, some really cool shows you'd like to play? Yeah.
2: You know, I think one of the things that making this record did for me Mm
0: -hmm.
2: was it taught me that I can be an artist, not Mm -hmm. just a guitar player, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And so, when you consider that, it would almost feel like I would be kind of selling myself short if I didn't get out there and try a little bit.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: So, I really would like to play some more stuff. Um, You know, I really would like to, to, I have a lot of other songs. You know, the songs that are on this record are are just part of the catalog that we've written. Mm -hmm. We decided on all of those songs because. really I don't even know why I mean they Mm -hmm. just happen to be the ones that we went with but if I had the opportunity to record a few others you know I'd probably do something maybe a little different stylistically because I think Mm -hmm. one of the coolest things is that like I've learned that you can really do anything so Mm -hmm. um you know to to do a cool country record or to do something that you know acoustic even you know Mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed performing acoustic solo lately and I really would have never thought that was the case. So maybe I can do more of that. That sounds pretty.
1: Uh huh. That's awesome. So the album it's called Late Bloomer, and uh, it's uh, it's really good. And I've been Thanks. listening to it. It's just it's really awesome. And I'm really glad that y'all finally have some recorded music out. I really hope that uh, y'all do get to, you know, tour and you you, know, get, you get to kind of a uh, establish yourself kind of nationally. I think that would be as you know, like a as a band leader and a, and a songwriter, I think that would be really cool because you're such a good artist. It's all awesome. well. I hope
2: uh, all those things happen. Let me tell you yeah. something. You're 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 saying all the right things, you know, and <laughs> and you know, I, I again, I I I would like to think that the future holds bright things for everyone, and I mm-hmm. think the same thing for myself. And honestly. I would have never known how i not just taken the chance to make the record you know i think late bloomer is probably the best i i didn't even think of i don't even know how i came up with that name but it's so mm-hmm. perfect because really we are and so you mm-hmm. know maybe maybe on down the line like i said if the universe allows we'll get out there and yes. do some more and right now i'm just really enjoying uh, people like yourself and everyone else saying that they like it hey can mm-hmm. i ask you do you do you have any song on there in particular that you gravitated towards or anything that you like
1: uh yeah there's that song uh breakdown i thought it was really okay. cool all right yeah, yeah. i thought that one was I mean, really cool yeah yeah, that's, yeah. thanks that's, a lot that's the one that's really coming to mind
2: yeah well you know that was really kind of a fun song to do because i wanted to do kind of a tribute to like 90s rock a little bit you know and mm-hmm. kind of give it some of those tones and um it was it, it, it's all songs are super personal but uh, yeah. to some degree but you know that song is uh, is really powerful because um, it, it's well it we're just not all super strong all the time
0: mm-hmm.
2: sometimes you just break down
0: mm-hmm.
2: things are stronger and that's okay you know it's mm-hmm. okay for you to do that because when you break down you get a chance to put yourself out Mm-hmm. That's why I like that song. So
1: much. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool song, and I'm I'm really glad that you get to you know showcase your songwriting because it's it's really cool. Yeah, the album is on uh, Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff, and y'all have a YouTube channel where the the documentary is. I believe it's called Formerly Unknown, right?
2: It is. It is called yeah. Formerly Unknown. The the uh, story of Dirty Pool. And if people mm-hmm. wanted to check any of that stuff out, all of our socials are pretty easy to find. It's just Dirty Pool Music. So at Dirty Pool Music, you can go on Facebook or Instagram or, you know, mm-hmm. YouTube or any of those. And mm-hmm. uh, you can even find our in- our stuff on TikTok. So maybe mm-hmm. we'll get like somebody to do a dance to one of our songs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. But probably huh. not, <laughs> you know.
1: I mean? Yeah. Well, awesome. It's been really nice getting to talk to you and getting to learn more about you and the band and yeah, I've had a really good time. I hope you have too. And oh
2: hundred uh, percent. And let me say this, Jack Barksdale. Mm-hmm. You are awesome, bro. Like
0: thank you. You so are much.
2: hey, listen. You are doing what so many of us wish we would have done at your age. And you're doing it right. And you're blessed to have parents and you're blessed to have the support system that you do. Don't stop, mm-hmm. Jack. You're gonna be as big as you wanna be, bro. Like you will never ever reach the limit just keep going for it
1: Mm -hmm. right yeah i think that's that's really good advice for anyone but thank you so much
2: yeah a hundred percent and hey let's get together and play some music sometime that would be super fun
1: yeah i'd love that and i I hope we can make it out to billy bobs for your show i'd have to ask hey i know
2: a guy with some tickets so (laughs) I'll at your boy
1: (laughs) yeah i'll have to ask my parents see if we're free that night i really hope we are Well, uh, me
2: too, bro. Me too. And uh, I I just wanted to thank you again for taking your time to include me on this. And, uh, you know, there's a, I'm sure I'm just going to be one of a laundry list of super awesome people that you get to meet. And it's mm -hmm. super awesome that you're doing this. And Mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you how much I am. how grateful I am to know you and call you my friend.
1: Thank you so much. And, uh, I'm really glad to know you as well. And yeah, thank you so much for being on. I had a great time. And everyone, this is Jay-Z from uh, Jay-Z and Dirty Pool. Please go listen to the album, it's really great. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed listening.